listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. It comes to you for free, and that's because we give it to you for free. If you want to give us money, head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc, but everything will still be free. What is this podcast about? Scott. Movie trailers. Yes. If you want them more detailed we can go into that right now too. i mean tell us which movie trailers we talk about we talk about knives out by ryan johnson we talk about taika watiti's new movie jojo rabbit we talk about the invader zim forthcoming movie we talk about Zombieland 2 we discuss that the walking dead comic strip is done and then we go into detail about the cats movie we talk so much about cats and i love every second of it yes we do then we follow it up with the jay and silent bob reboot we talk about the movie maverick we talk about stranger things season three Mm -hmm. we talk about crisis on infinite earth tv time we talk about the boys we talk about warren ellis we follow it up with tone deaf and bliss and hellboy busy episode it is we talk a lot about movies and most importantly we talk about cats and I challenge you to know more about cats than me Uh, this is the 9 to 5 entertainment system Uh, what's happening we are warm extra excited about like how, however, it, however poorly Star Wars turned out for him, uh-huh. he still managed to get the movie. You know, somewhere along him making that movie, he was like, "I want to make a movie for me." After, yeah, I think that's what this is. This is the deal that he he took doing a Star Wars in exchange for doing something. Well, but apparently he took the Star Wars to potentially get his own trilogy. Right. right. We were talking, listener, about Ryan Is that Johnson. even really happening? I don't think so anymore because really everybody really it. did everybody not enjoy did. the Last Jedi, yeah. except for me. Uh, sure. Yeah, I like to just fan, fine, but I like all the Star Wars stuff pretty much. Yeah, I, I thought, I'm much more forgiving of. of Star I liked Wars it more than Force are. Awakens. I liked it more than most of the. I would say it is my fifth favorite Star Wars film. Hmm. I've then counting the original trilogy first. Then I'm going to put Rogue One in there, and then I'd put Last Jedi. That's my ranking. Sure. Around that. Anyway, anyway but Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Uh, but I love that the trailer. So there's he's making a film called Knives Out. Uh, this is the trailer episode. We watched a bunch of trailers, guys. So mm-hmm. that, we're going to talk about them. Uh, but yeah, so Knives Out, Scott. This was your trailer. So you want to describe it to us? It's a murder mystery. Oh, when I when I f- it's, it's an all star Hollywood cast stuck in a mansion, reminiscent of the film Clue. Uh, yeah, that's. I was going to say it's like Clue for the 21st century. Yeah. Kind of jacked up well, a little like bit. Like a Ten Little Indians kind of thing. Sure, uh, sure. I don't sure. think you can say that anymore, man. It's 2019. Uh, <laughs> and then there were none. And then there were none. Kind of thing. Yeah. Good jump. Yeah, ah, exactly. Correct. Very nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. All your literary humor <laughs> and political wokeness. <laughs> the 90s. Yeah. Um, and uh, Featuring uh, James Bond with an American accent. Daniel Craig. With an American accent. Yeah. Why, though? I'm like, there seems to be British characters in the film. Why can't he be one of them? Yeah. Why do they got a gem? Well, who else is in it? Jamie Lee Curtis, Chris Evans, Captain Michael America, Shannon. The lady yeah. from Hereditary. Tony Collette. Oh, a lot of people. Pretty good. Pretty good little Christopher cast Plummer there. plays the body. Yep. Uh, yeah. I'm stoked yeah. for it. But I love that it has that, like, uh, that, that quaint indie film font. 
happening in the trailer, but then it says, like, from the director of Star Wars The Last Jedi, but in, like, quaint indie film. And yeah. Looper. Looper. And I was yeah. like, Pfft. I was like, you could have put, like... It's really sad he didn't want to put Brick on Brick there. And Brothers Brick yeah. and Brothers Bloom. Brick and Brothers Bloom is the, like, th- are the obvious tags. Yeah. <laughs> but you I feel... You don't think that's kind of a slap to Disney, though? <laughs> Just... Yeah, I mean, no, yes we're and doing no, my college like, project with my buddies rather than yeah. Star yeah, but Wars. if you liked that Star Wars movie, check out Knives Out. Doesn't really seem to hopefully. Follow. Hopefully, it doesn't follow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's a good segue to the other trailer that we just watched. Uh-huh. So, in terms of like follow-ups to big-budget Disney <laughs> properties, Taika Waititi, yeah, who is also already working on the new Thor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, which was announced at Comic-Con is going to be a Natalie Portman vehicle. Mm-hmm. Lady Thor. Dr. Thor. Jane Foster. Thor. Dr. Thor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, it's absolutely fine. But I'm just saying, but he is still, so he hasn't jumped the shark, like, away from that. Like, he's still working on that. But he also has a movie coming out called Jojo Rabbit, which is a period piece that stars himself, Taika Waititi, as Adolf Hitler. It seems to be. He a, seems to be the like childhood imaginary friend of yeah, a little boy. Yeah, of a little it's door. like Free Enterprise, but with Hitler instead of Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who? Who is letting him do this though? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is another one. I think he got a green light to do whatever the fuck he wants, and he's like, I'm doing a period piece, Hitler. <laughs> I'm doing a period piece and casting myself as Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> in, like in a zany comedy. You know, he's had that script in the works for like. 12 oh, yeah. years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. All of, his, all of his zany, like, what we do in the shadows or whatever, he's like, he's had the Hitler script just kicking him, around Him and his college. buddies, every now and again, you get really drunk and you just add a little bit to it, throw in some extra scene. Yeah, how do you... It's just so funny. I mean... One day, guys. One day. So I was... I was talking about this very subject uh, with Big J Okerson on... You were talking about your imaginary Adolf Hitler, Hitler friend? friend? Yes. <laughs> no, but just, like, how studios will or won't defend their stars and he's like i don't think they will ever defend their stars he's like as soon as it becomes like troublesome to have someone the studio will just get rid of you mm-hmm. so i don't know how these i mean unless jody foster's your friend i guess <laughs> don't understand mel gibson mel gibson kind of having a free pass to to get back into hollywood and huh. and whatever else true that yeah you can get drunk and anti-semitic and violently abusive and shockingly racist. Yeah. But Jodie Foster will still cast you in a movie about, movie about you having talking a beaver, beaver puppet. Because <laughs> uh, they go way back. But yeah, I don't know. What do we Ooh. What do we do with that information? I was like, because like, just what if there's out backlash of Taika Waititi casting himself as Adolf Hitler? Like, does he lose Marvel? No. No. So long as he doesn't have any like shocking tweets. From like 10 years ago. I, now that I've fine. played Hitler, I think he did nothing wrong. This, Take script, a <laughs> this script has to have gone by Disney legal. Has to, has to, has to. There's just no way. Ooh. Yeah, but let's think about other movies that have gone by Disney legal. Uh, <laughs> it's, here. Oh. But it's, not, it's not 1920, Scott. Old Walt is no, like, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not talking yeah. about Old Walt here. I'm talking about Iron Man 2. Oh, <laughs> Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3. Wait, what? Because they're just bad. They're just bad, bad awful. movies. Okay. Thor 2 okay. made it past Disney right, 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 make right, anything. Right, right. Although there is something, again, to shout out, talking to celebrities, which is what I've been doing a lot of just for last, mm-hmm. talking uh, to Sean Majumder about the CBC. He was like, they were never told not to do anything. Hmm. And the CBC was often like, it won't be so bad. We'll deal with it. So he's so like... So Sean Majumder is from... Worked this on the hour 22, 22 minutes, minutes for like nearly two decades. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, they were always like, can we do this? And they were like, sure. 
but like, and he was like, we never got into trouble, but there is, there was always a certain reactionary policy from like the ombudsperson or whatever of the CBC to be like, we'll see how it goes. But he was like, I never understood. Did that mean that we had a green light and they would back us up if we were wrong? Or if they would be like, the writing staff worked on their own and we disavow any plausible deniability. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I feel like this hour's 22 minutes might not be the best show to ask about that. I feel like you might want to go to the kids in the hall and see what. Right. Sean, Sean Majumder had a sketch that got him sent death threats from people in America because he sang about being beige, and then because uh, he's he's half white and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. half uh, half Indian, yeah. and so he was like, "I'm going to be beige," and he was like, "And that's what uh, anthropologists or whatever say we're all going to be eventually." So he was like, "I'm ahead of the curve." So yeah. he made a fun little rap about it, and then David Duke was like, "You're tr- you're preaching the genocide of the white race," and then people started sending him death threats on Twitter. So I'm like. I Things really... can make people mad, man. <laughs> like, even if that's that, like pissing me... off David Duke is kind of a victory for any oh, Twitter oh, yeah. account, though. Like, yeah, that's I'm like not... a, you get a gold star. I want to be angry tweeted, yeah. but I'm sure. But serious death threats from David Duke supporters, uh, you know, I feel that is probably scary. You know, like a, hev- a heavily armed population down in the states. They're far away, though. I guess, but yeah. I mean. They can travel. It's anyway, a, it's what an open was border. like the the point of this movie? Was it like a comedy? I, I didn't really what? understand the tone of what this Jojo Rabbit. Be. Yeah, I feel that it's kind of going into a Wes Anderson kind of like a coming of age, a quirky coming of age that happens to be set in Nazi Germany with a fantasy Hitler. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, I, I don't know if it's set in Nazi Germany. I got like, that impression that it was a period piece. It definitely looked like a period piece, but yeah. I mean, like, was it set in Germany? Because they kind of look like little Boy Scouts. Were there German Boy Scouts? Yeah, it's the Hitler Hugend. Maybe. And that little boy activity for Yeah, but like but then when um when Taika is talking towards the end of the trailer, yeah. he's saying like people said mean things about me, which implies like Like he, he was way looking in the past. Or at least looking somewhat in the past, right? Maybe it's like the sixties. Right, right. You know what right. I mean? Like it definitely doesn't look modern. Yeah. But I'm like, but it could be set in maybe the sixties or something. Hmm. Or maybe even the fifties. I don't know. Like it could maybe Maybe it's as as the German Empire fell apart. I'm into it, man. I like. I'm on board. Basically, anything Taika Waititi would has choose he, to do. At has this he point. yet to lead us astray? I don't think so. I don't think he's uh, Tim Burton did yet. Ooh, snap! Right? Yeah. I don't think. I'm thinking like. Let's what, look at the Taika Waititi. What film we do here. in the shadows is like the that would be the first one that I think I saw of his. Mm-hmm. There's the Thor, Ragnarok. There's Take a Wachichi filmography. This uh, is the, something about the Wilder People. Yeah, the Hunt for the Wilder People the was really people. great. I didn't actually see it, but you you said it was absolutely very good. I mean, like yeah. it, it's not. I mean, like saying best movie ever is a little bit of a. But it's like a feel good. Yeah, exactly. It just, yeah. It's, it's, it and Sam Neill. I watched anything with Sam Neill in it. Oh, he also did Eagle vs. Shark, which was fun. Did not see that. Yeah, yeah. It's like a quirky romance with uh, Jermaine. Boy, okay. I did not see what we do in the shadows was good. Hunt for the Wilder People was good. Thor Ragnarok was good, and then yeah, he's in twenty twenty one. He's making Thor: Love and Thunder. Yep. And then uh, I think he also did he work on the show with the boys. The um, yeah, he did. And he did. Jermaine he did and, uh, uh, directing and writing uh, some Flight of the Concord stuff. Right, Flight of the Concord, yeah. which was also good. So I yeah. mean, yeah, and he's also doing the uh, doing or did the Mandalorian. Which like is it? The, the 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 TV show, like the Star Wars TV show. Oh no shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's getting. What's it going to be on? 
probably their new the Disney streaming. Oh platform. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, of course, yeah. of course. All that money, boys. Yeah. Uh, so Scott stepped out, stuck yeah. on the phone. What do you okay, have going on that is not movies, or do you want to keep going about movies? Let's or do keep we going have? about these trailers. I think this was a fun activity. I enjoyed mm-hmm. most of them. I mean, it's not really a trailer; it's a teaser. But did you watch Invaders Zim? Uh, no, I saw an enormous trailer. An enormous trailer for Invader Zim? Well, okay, so it was very strange, because it was a whole lot of Invader Zim mm-hmm. that looked like new content okay. that didn't have the sound, like it was just video. Okay. And then at the end, there was like a little sequence of the Invader Zim, the Zim laughter okay. over the title So maybe card. that was like a, that might have been like some sort of teaser, because the trailer, yeah. or the teaser, I guess, is yeah. just, uh, it's him in a... Like it says, like like secret hiding room over a toilet, and then he like climbs out of the toilet, and then it starts laughing maniacally, mm-hmm. and then Gur starts laughing maniacally, and then he's like, "Computer, laugh with me," and the computer's like, "No," and then he's like, "Ah." So yeah, and this is that's is coming to Netflix. Like it's a, a feature length Invader Zim film. So the bit that I saw was honestly two and a half minutes of Invader Zim madness. Yep. And it was like a montage of... It's called like Exit the Florpus or something? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a montage of crazy shit from this show. Yeah. Just like, but it was all new content. I was I was grinning like a little girl the whole way through the whole thing. Same I was thing. so happy. I, I, like, <laughs> I, wanted, I, I want to be watching it right now. Yeah. No, and the best is I was uh, watching, uh, yeah. I follow uh, Mr. Vasquez, Jonan Vasquez on, on Twitter, whatever. He's like, man, he's like everybody who like, because just when the teaser came out, it was just the toilet yeah, thing. So yeah. I guess maybe that other thing might have been screen tests or whatever, like might have been stuff like that. It Occasionally honestly gets looked a little sketchy that it was there because there was no audio to it. It looked like somebody had, st- had stolen the footage and put it online, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. Which is absolutely possible. Like yeah. all that stuff comes out of Comic Con and whatever, and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, but he's like, but just talk about like the the toilet teaser. Yeah. And then he was just sort of like, everybody who says that they can't wait to like see other scenes in the movie. He's like, just you wait. It's two hours of Zim in a toilet. That is the <laughs> only scene in this film. <laughs> I was like, yay. Oh man. Every now and then I think about Invader Zim, uh-huh. and like it makes me so happy that it got made and that it was so weird and that it was just like, and I like the fact that. What is it now? Probably like 15 years later, at least. The movie be, comes out. The movie comes out, and like I feel kind of bad. I didn't go to see the Deadwood movie, but that happened, mm-hmm. and I guess Debbie and I kind of gave up on Deadwood about halfway through the second season. Uh, well, I got distracted with other shows, but mm-hmm. um, we were talking about the Invader Zim teaser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Other the teasers. Late, the late 90s, early aughts were weird time for cartoons. Yeah. Sure. I love, and I mean, I watched, I have watched all of Invader Zim repeatedly, but I've also even like watched it all with like the director's commentary and just hearing about like the weird stuff that they were like. So apparently, when Invader Zim got started to get into a, like every episode, they apparently had parents groups, like being like, "This is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong," and then, like, <laughs> and like Nickelodeon had their back with a bunch of stuff saying it's okay, and but they they apparently had like every episode had complaints from like really? parental advocacy groups. And stuff. It's just it's it's weird and it's violent and it's screaming and it's like whatever. Okay. But they were like they're saying that was not necessarily unusual. Like a lot of the Nickelodeon like yeah. stuff, like Ren and Stimpy probably had a had angry letters every single. Well, Ralphashki was was like constantly getting censored. Yeah, yeah. as it and apparently where where they ended up, I guess like the 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 critical blunder apparently on Invader Zim was there's a certain point towards like the end of the available episodes where Dib stops caring about saving the world. And apparently the advocacy, like the parental advocacy groups were like, well, now there's no longer any role model. 
<laughs> like no one, there's, there's no one who wants to save the day in this show. So we're just, what are we just watching? We're watching someone who wants to kind of kill everybody. We're watching Gaz who like doesn't care about anything, and we're watching Dib who's like completely disenfranchised and bullied. And there's no like upside. <laughs> like there's no the complete and utter lack of positive messaging in the show. Apparently, and then that was what led to it being canceled. Ultimately, yeah, it was That's the, fascinating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, well, there the, was no merchandising to keep it going. Really? There was well, a lot of Zim merchandising. Yeah. Not a lot. Let's be fair. They're probably here. Still we're not is. talking Hasbro, Mattel. Mm-mm. That's true, but I mean, but I don't think the Nickelodeon stuff ever really got there. Like the closest would be Rugrats. Probably Rugrats. Yeah. Mm. That, but yeah, I don't know. I'm happy that Zim got made. Yep. Uh, more stuff. I guess I'm happy about Zombieland too. Mm-hmm. Looks fine. It's about I'll go, time. I'll go see it. It'll be fun. I don't know, man. So I, I had a big problem with the first, the first one. Upon rewatch, I find that the pacing is really off in the second half. Okay. Like it kind of gets slow. Doesn't gets a little meandery. Mm-hmm. Gets a little boring. I was like primed to not be excited for this movie, and mm-hmm. looking at the extended trailer, it looks fucking great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks super, super fun. And I also yeah, I love in the trailer that they meet. Another crew that has their exact dynamic. <laughs> yeah, it's so campy, but... The, yeah. yeah. Speaking of zombie stuff... And it's one of the Wilsons and the kid from Silicon Valley, which are also just, like, hilarious. It's yeah. Luke Wilson playing the Tallahassee, and then... Uh, why can't I draw drawing a blank? I'm looking at you. You guys don't watch Silicon Valley, eh? Nope. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Anyway, the lead, two episodes one of the lead from Silicon Valley plays the Jesse Eisenberg yeah. type. And it's yeah. just like uh, yeah, it looks it looks fine. I was like, yep. yep, it looks fine and fun. Speaking of Zombieland, to to tangent here, mm-hmm. uh-huh. did you guys hear the Walking Dead comic book series is over? Did okay. it end properly or did it get canceled? It got canceled at well, I mean, it got canceled. It can't get canceled because Robert Kirkman is the editor in chief of Image Comics now. Right? So huh. you know, <laughs> just be like, sales numbers are down. You're done, Kirkman. It's just staring Shit. in the mirror. You're a piece of trash. Uh, no, he just, out of the blue, without any, like, real foreknowledge, was like, oh, yeah, next up issue is the last issue, by the way, guys. We're done. We're done. Issue 194. Hmm. Wow. Not even going to push it to 200. Not I like sh- it. Close it down. He's just huh. like, huh, we're done. Huh. And is it, like, a satisfying ending? Are readers upset? or Readers are kind of upset. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it, it ends it coming out of nowhere, how are you? How how are it, could you possibly have storylines that are building to a, like a, you know, a meaningful climax? Well, it just kind of ends after a certain series of climaxes happen, and then it flashes forward, and people hate that. Oh yeah. yeah. And the other thing that's amazing about it, when it flashes forward to the world that's been, you know, restored, made peace or whatever, they don't. Kirkman doesn't tell you what fixed the zombies. <laughs> That's kind of the best. It's like, and then it was fixed, and here they are. Carl's all grown up and whatever. It's so he he's leaving the door open if he ever gets called upon to redo it. You know, he still mm-hmm. has a story to go back to. Yeah. Apparently, the rest of Image has been like, well, shit. Like that was the tentpole franchise. That that was what kept it up. kept Image yeah. Comics going. Like what? <laughs> what's going to be the next one? What right? Like Saga's now? Saga's been on hiatus for two years, and yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like 2019 is the year of stuff ending. Yeah. Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. the Avengers, whatever phase that was. MCU phase one. Yeah. The, what do you call it, Mr. Robot is ending. Huh. Is that still on TV? Yeah, there's a new, well, the new season's coming out. I watched there's season one. one. I watched part of season two and was like, 
That's oh. what happened to me. Fork induction pregnancy childbirth. I'm out. <laughs> I'm confused. I don't know. I like she Mr. pokes Robert. herself in the in the in the the amniotic sac with a shrimp fork. Because her husband's about to get arrested. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, hmm, that's what this show is about now. eh?" (laughs) Good stuff. Done. (laughs) I do remember that. She's crazy. (laughs) That character is nuts. The husband, also nuts. I love Mr. Robot. (laughs) Season 2 is okay. Like, it just takes too long to get to the twist. I found it real, real slow. And yeah, I, yeah, wanted, yeah. I wanted to get into it, and I kept getting distracted, and then eventually I couldn't force myself. I, I heavily uh, would say it's worth it. Yeah. Like, and then season three kind of ties it all together. Uh, talking cats? About stuff from, yeah. You don't want to talk about cats? I'm, I'm not going to like Keith. It made me hate you for making me watch it. And then I had to watch it again here with, with Scott was yep. watching it. And it made, it's like my teeth were itching. You can't it's, scratch your it's teeth. It's so weird. It's bad. It's, it looks, yeah. So who I've I've never seen cats, and this made sure I never will. <laughs> I could name if all like, of the characters <laughs> from <laughs> little clips. I could literally name every one of them. Andrew was just sort of like so. And he was like, because Andrew was he's like, oh, you haven't seen the cats trailer? He's like, oh man. He's like, sit down and watch this. <laughs> and then he was he's like uh, he's like he's like name them, and I'm like. Mistopheles, like Rum Tum Tugger, Grizabel, the old Deuteronomy. Like, and he's like, why do you know all this? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I've seen it several times. And my mom listened to it so often. I know all of the songs. Did you have like a tape or did you go to live performances? We saw it live, uh, I want to say at least twice. Okay. And then we also had the uh, original cast score that my, it was like my mom's, one of my mom's cleaning music. Like when she was like cleaning up the house, she was. Did you have cats. Aristocats also? Was that like also part of the? I, I mean, Heisterman I love the Aristocats. Is my favorite Disney film. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. okay. And I also know the songs. To all of that. There's a lot oh, to wow. unpack. There. <laughs> I mean, there are when my at my mom's peak, probably over. They're not. They're no longer there because my mom is no longer with us. But uh, at my mom's peak, I would not exaggerate when i say that there were probably like a hundred representations of cats in my mom's house like of tiny little cat ornaments and like pictures of cats on plates and (laughs) physical alive cats that lived with us Uh like a hundred was probably right like that's there a hundred of anything in your house pictures and like like (laughs) pictures of sarah and i like (laughs) Just, just so, like, if you've never been to Keith's house, he's got tchotchkes on every shelf. Yeah, I might have a hundred. I might have like a hundred toys, but they're not all, all themed. Cats. They're not all <laughs> cats. <laughs> yeah, that's so, the ADD creeping in. You know, his mom had the like the focus. Yeah, exactly. My mom collected cats, all over, yeah. spoons, and plates. Wow. And ideally, spoons and plates with cats on them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are the. And if you had like a the plate and spoon set that was both cat based. That was a centerpiece. Like a, a spoon with a cat on it painted onto a plate. Mm. Boom. Mm. I try to think about why I hate this so much. What, why does it grate on me? It's so weird. Like, it's, it looks like it looks like nonsense. I will go and sing along by myself in the theater if need uh-huh. be. But it looks like it looks freaking so stupid. Like, they're, they're kitty-sized, right? So you see, like, little... Like, they're people who act, look and move like people, but then they're jumping up and down on a bed to be kitty-sized, 
But they're also like they're furries. They're quite clearly furries because they yeah. have like they're shapely and have boobs, like which is not a cat thing, right? Like furry boobs, furry boobs, yeah, yeah. and like tails and stuff. Uh-huh. So, but like, and they're doing lots of like weird ballet moves without any genitalia. It's choreographed by the Hamilton choreographer, well known it. for his choreography. I guess so. Ballet, I mean, Hamilton's cat pretty dancing. I mean, whatever, dude. But like. It's such a weird thing that got famous in the first place, which was just like and space cats, huh? Space cats? Well, space cats? They're 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 cats. Cats. I thought the spaceship. The end, cats. Weren't they from no, space? No, no, no. But that's that's kind of that's like a that's how you go to the heavy side layer, which is where you are reincarnated into a new cat form. Okay. So, mean, it end, so it basically it is often represented to be spaceship esque at the end, but I mean, but they're all so the setting of cats. It basically ends like it. It's, all this weird plot turns into a giant spaceship that leaves everyone unsatisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Keith. <laughs> so the setting of the film Cats is it's old Deuteronomy, who's like the senior cat. And it's like a bunch of cats all can come together from various walks of life. And then one cat who like pleads their case to be reincarnated uh, then gets like the blessing to float up to the heavy side layer and come back as a new cat. Okay, and that is uh, that's fucking is, weird. It is so weird, dude. This is like like that's what I'm saying. I'm like the fact that this gained mainstream success in the first place is like insane. So does he get, achieve success? He Look, he, he gets he reincarnated, reincarnated as another right way. Cat? Well, every, apparently a cat does every year, right? And this is the the guy. Wait, it's, apparently it's called the Jellicle Ball, and okay. that is what the cats have assembled for in the setting of. The, play cats and only one of them does it and only one of them it's like a cat make like each cat like some cats don't want it they're just there for like it's the party a, it's the event and whatever but like some cats do and grizabelda the, the cat who sings memories so it's only 127,000 cats that are allowed to no wait 144,000 man 144,000 numbers yeah. right no but it's one a year <laughs> but anyway one a year gets one, to reincarnate gets to reincarnate why they come back as, as a cat. Wait, he has magic cats, yo. It's T.S. Eliot, right, who wrote all Really? The... Yeah, yeah. Th- it's... No. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. hold on. But this is a musical version of a T.S. Eliot story? Of a collection of T.S. Eliot poems. No, I really want T.S. Eliot to have written the no, musical it's, itself. It's Andrew Lloyd Webber who wrote okay. the musical. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But hang on a second here. I mean, the idea of reincarnation is kind of interesting and amazing. Unless you come back as the exact same creature in the exact same place. Yeah, but like... That's the same age. That's called... Fucking redoing Old Possum's book, A Practical Cats, is a collection of whimsical light poems of T.S. Eliot about feminine psychology and sociology published by Faber and Faber. It is the basis of the film, of the musical, Cats. Huh. Yep. So yeah, like... Let's be fair. Like, the Black Cauldron novel is the basis of the Disney movie, The Black Cauldron. They're not the same story. Well, from what I understand, I don't know know about, like, I know that the term, I think, like, the Jellicle Cats and whatever is all... was really good. You missed a a, a discussion about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back and listen to the Sam episode. We get real into Black Cauldron and stuff. Yep. It's (laughs) not for kids. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, exactly. So it's a a weird premise. It's weird, I think, that it caught on Mm. as much as it did. Like, the songs are real catchy, I guess, is probably the the reasoning for people were like whatever but like if you think about it you're like what is even happening in this play and it's like and then and most of the structure is just like cats showing up to this party and then introducing themselves to great fanfare explaining who they are and what they're about which is like because each poem is kind of about like a particular cat so like rumtum tugger shows up and is like what's up and he has his song and then he just like kind of leaves but like the, the the narrative is very flimsy and then i just Here's what I love about this movie. It's got a whole bunch of Hollywood stars. Oh, yeah. It's and the musical A-list stars the A-list, in it. Like... And a lot of people are going to go see this movie just to see them sing. 
and then witness spaceship kitty reincarnation. Yeah, but <laughs> I have even, to come back and explain but that. Even to the me. songs are weird. Like the, I feel that Rebel Wilson is like probably Jenny Annie Dots from her three seconds. What I'm saying, and like Jenny Annie Dots is like a big fat cat um, who has like a weird little like mouse army that she like trains to like dance and stuff and like mm-hmm. teaches them etiquette and whatever. And, like that's the whole thing. She's like she sleeps all day and then at night she like parties with these mice and like teaches them proper etiquette. You're like, and that's like five minutes of cats is about that. And you're like, why am I watching this? And, and she never comes back. Basically, like nobody is a main character in this except for basically Grisabelda. Like there's, it's, huh. it's all just like vignettes and like kind of standalone songs being like, I'm this cat and this is my deal. Next cat shows up. Like it's a weird you, you thing. You got to be like way into watching cats and ants about for, for two hours. Which I will and do. sing songs about how great but, it is but to be a cat. There's also no, I think, right way to do this. Like, if they made them just look like the costumes, I think it would be weird. Mm-hmm. And if they made them look too much like cats, I think it would look weird. No, no. They should have made them look like the Lion King. Just have them be cats. Because it's have, about really? actual cats. But the, the, the reason the dancing. Like, the dancing yeah. is part of the show. Right, so if you had like if you had like a cat be like boop and like stand up and dance around, you'd be like, "What is this?" That's called Aristocats. That's that's and it's great. That's actually about cats dancing, and it's also <laughs> amazing. You get what it is. <laughs> There's no reason that they had to make the movie. Yo, Disney, where's my live action Aristocats? You're making live action everything no, no. else. You can't make the a reason... Broadway show without people in costumes, but you can make a movie without people in costumes. I get it? But... And they won't look silly jumping on a bed, throwing feathers in the air. I suppose, but I think they wanted to capture the dancing. Like that's I think the part that that's one. part of the cats. Yeah, yeah, thing. like yeah. is yeah, Andy Circus that shit. Yeah, but then if they were, if they looked like real cats, <laughs> but then they had all the dancing, it'd be it'd be weirder. Like I think it was like it was a Kobe. And they all have Andy cat- Circus golem faces. <laughs> The ca- like making cats a film is like a Kobayashi Maru as a film project. <laughs> it's like an un- <laughs> it's an unwinnable situation. You have a nonsense story about a bunch of cats, like with a nonsense plot, with a, with nearly no plot, yeah. <laughs> and, and then it's just like you famous because of anthropomorphic furry Broadway production. And you're like, what do we do? James yeah. Corden. Yeah, exactly. James Corden, like That's Rebel Wilson, Taylor Swift, uh, Dame, uh, Judy Dench. So What's after it? all of this, you are going to go see this, yeah? Oh, like without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Okay. In costume, midnight showing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the kitty onesie. I was hanging out with uh, with Walter and uh, another Montreal comedian, uh, mm-hmm. Enos uh uh, and I and she has not seen cats, but she's like, I desperately want to go. And she's like, I'm also very interested now to go with you because she's like, I feel that no matter what, even if you're not like, she's like, I don't think you're the type who will like audibly sing, but she's like, your mouth will say the words to the song. <laughs> As it's happening, I was like, probably. She's like, I might just go and like spend half of my time splitting, <laughs> looking at the camera and looking at Keith, know all of the words to the songs. Plus, you'd be able to pick out when they fuck up one part of the story, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love that idea. I love that idea. 45 yeah. minutes into the movie, Keith stands up and screams, No! That's not what happens! <laughs> Throws his popcorn Literally into the Literally unwatchable! Yeah. <laughs> Storms out. But it's also weird, because there's, there's been even uh, other songs that have been like added and removed from the musical or whatever, because the, like, the classic... The one that I know is, I think, like, the classic run, but like there's been other mountings of it and even mm-hmm. by like the android Weber machine 
with other songs that incorporated other poets. Like it's still hmm. other. It's all based on the original material. But T.S. Eliot wrote like eighty freaking poems or whatever, and they use like crazy like, like of in them. the in the cat verse. Mm-hmm. Well, Katz wow. Cats is also famous for being on Broadway. Like forever. the longest, right? Yeah, yeah like they're like they're like then now forever, like WWE. <laughs> like, but but it, was, it was on Broadway, like headline Broadway for like twenty, twenty five years. Yeah, like, that's yeah. crazy. Like I remember watching it. Crazy when you think about it. The amount of work that went into that. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember the name of. The, like, I remember watching a version of it, and it had like a cat that I was like unfamiliar with, and I was like. No, <laughs> I was just like I was like I don't know what this song is, but it's garbage. <laughs> and like he had like electric static coming out of his hair, and I was like, interesting fun fact about because you mentioned Aristocats and you mentioned Cats that uh, T. S. Eliot did not want Disney to get his poems because they were buying it because Disney apparently was like shopping around, huh. and I don't know if he was either still alive or if it was the state, but Disney wanted to buy the poems and apparently base Aristocats on that book of poems because mm-hmm. it was like written in like 1939 or whatever and he was like no dice so apparently like sold it at a way lower offer over the or like I said I don't know if it was Elliot himself or the estate or whatever but like sold it for less money to the Andrew Lloyd Webber people so that Disney wouldn't turn it into a cartoon mm-hmm. and then they made Aristocats anyway but nice. like yeah so because he was like busy. I don't want yeah he was like I don't want my poems to be like Disney-fied I want like hmm. I want them to, to be, be Andrew Lloyd webber Andrew Lloyd webber yeah uh, speaking about stuff from my childhood that has been turned into nightmare fuel, they're making another Jane Silent Bob film. Yeah. yeah, it looks so bad. It really does. There's like, I feel like there's like a lot of low hanging fruit that's getting plucked. Oh my god! You goodness. know, like the female child version of the two of them. Yeah, getting yucks uh, off of that. I just so when I don't know if we talked about it on the show when we had Alex Rose on or not, or mm-hmm. if we just talked about it afterwards because we were like we were like hanging out for a while, and then we're like, oh, we should record a podcast, and then we recorded the podcast, and then we kept talking about movies after. Yeah. But he was like, he's like the whole Kevin Smith thing, is like, say you're the whole Kevin Smith thing. Was that it? Was absolutely. I think like Kevin Smith was. I think important to us in high school. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it was like he made like he made Clerks, he made Mallrats, he made Chasing Amy. They were like movies about slacker nerds uh, who were into comic books and Crash Star Wars and, and yeah, yeah and Crass and whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, but he's like, but even if you go back, I feel there's only like, I enjoy those films, but I I am prepared to say like with nostalgia glasses on, they're not amazing. For sure. Uh, and extremely problematic. There's also some issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's it. Like, there's, there's a, like... Chasing Amy is, has a lot of issues. Chasing Amy has a huge he amount of issues. He makes a gay lady straight with his love. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. That is the plot of Chasing Amy. Uh, but yeah, he's like, it's like that guy and Alex Rose, so credit there out. There are a lot of people who defend that as his sensitive opus. Because it is. It is. It is. It is the it's, best. It's the best it's, Kevin Smith film. Yeah. Like without a doubt. It's. It's. The the execution is very good. The premise is deeply flawed. Yup. <laughs> but yeah. But he was like. So credit Alex Rose for this tidbit. He was just sort of like. It's like if No Effects was your favorite band in high school. That's fine. If it's still your favorite band and you're in your late thirties, you're like, what? N- no. <laughs> you know, he's like, there's better music than No Effects, and you should know that. <laughs> and I was yep. like, yeah, basically, like that's Kevin Smith. Like, it's cool, yeah. and it was, and it doesn't make No Effects 
less of a fun punk band to be into in high school or yeah. or less fun to like listen to their But pine. is this the part of the podcast where you know fault Kevin Smith for making the same thing that he was doing I don't think he's making the same ago? thing no. I think he's making no, a he, diluted crappy old man version of it which yeah, is even I worse I don't even I, I disagree with that like completely I feel like I asked a question I didn't think I made a statement yeah, no, I, I was disagreeing I, Get out of here I disagree <laughs> with that premise of, of Kevin Smith redoing the same thing over and over again okay. completely because I think that Red State and Tusk and Yoga Hosers are very different. Very yes. different from yes, what he did they before. Were. Yes, they were. <laughs> I just don't think he's got the edge anymore hmm. because of Red State and Tusk and Yoga I Hosers. I liked Red State. I liked Red State too. I yeah, think Red State some. I thought was yeah good. It just, Yoga Hosers no, was rough. I like, Yoga Hosers was awful. Tusk was awful. I yeah. like Red State like I like that um, The Village by M. Night Shyamalan. 80% of it was great and then it comes to the end and they're like, oh, that's... That's what it is. Oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. But, like, the FBI showing up and running roughshod or whatever is, like, that's kind of the ending. That's also the ending of Night of the Living Dead. That's, like, yeah. that's yeah. like sort of a classic horror. It doesn't make it good. No, but I'm, like, horror movies are hard to end. Yeah. <laughs> like. Well, great t- movies. Great horror movies end well. Okay, okay. No, yeah, nobody's claiming they? that Red State is amazing. But people are claiming that there's, there's like, a spark of something better that we haven't seen sure, in a lot yeah. of his and, other movies. And, and the balls that it took to make. To be Kevin Smith and make Red State. For sure. And for release sure. it yourself. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. distribute it yourself. Ballsy. Props. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then, like... It... Like, look, man. Jane Silent Bob looked like it was probably a ton of fun on set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like back? Huh? No, what? he's saying the reboot. Oh, then the reboot? Or yeah, like, back? I'm just saying, like, like, just like, it's all of his buddies, and they're all kind of doing their stuff, and they're probably, mm-hmm. like... Affleck and Damon are back. Yeah, yeah, Even Even uh, Biggs and... Uh, Jason James B- Vanderbeek. Jason Biggs and James Vanderbeek. As and that's a CG George Carlin, I, I believe I saw. I guess. Probably. Yeah. Mark Hamill's back. Cool. Like, yeah, it, sure. Get the gang back together. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it was a ton of fun, but I don't... Who's it for? I don't even know. I feel like it's for Kevin Smith. And supposed to be for us. And like, but like the thing is, is he already, yeah, but like he's kind of forgot we're in our late 30s and 40s. And but like can't. he already made the movie essentially... For us, which was Clerks 2, which I also didn't hate, but it was the like, yeah. we're old and what are we doing with our lives movie. And this just seems like, let's do Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back again. Like, literally, that is, they even draw attention to that in the thing. Yeah. It's like, Jay and Silent Bob will try to stop a reboot of their own movie or whatever. Aren't I meta? I guess, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't have a lot of faith in Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is a writer. Like Yeah, same. Also same. Like, I don't think he's written a good movie in a very long time. Are they going to check it out, though? I mean, Is it going to be a wait for Netflix? Maybe. If I saw it on a plane, or I saw it on Netflix, I would definitely watch it. So, we've almost come to the end of our trailer talk. No. At least for... No, we have two more. No, we already talked about Knives Out. Uh, Maverick. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to lie. I watched the trailer once and was like, shit, yes. I'm stoked. Then I watched it again when I sent it to someone and was like, huh, Uh, what actually am I seeing here? Well, the thing that the trailer does is it plays like the Top Gun theme. Not the Danger Zone. The musical score. And I was like, Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was exactly that. Like, Their use of the th- the musical score from the first movie hit me so hard in the nostalgia. 
that I was just dun, almost dun. salivating Pavlovian style for more Top Gun. And then I watched the trailer again. And I was like, what is this movie about? Yeah, I would, that is, it is very, I mean, like, I think, is it, is it announced as a trailer or as a teaser? I don't trailer. know. Trailer. It's a full trailer. Because, yeah, I was like, because what is the plot? No one seems to answer. Tom Cruise going to get in a plane to shoot stuff. Right. So what is the plot? What is Because I guess that. Maybe. But I think a lot of it is going to be like, you're too old, Maverick. Why aren't you a general? I love to fly. Something like that. I roll on my motorcycle and I race the planes as they take off and then I punch the air. Like, so here's my other question. What is the plot? It was question one. Question number two, which is not clear in the trailer, are there bad guys? Also not, not <laughs> clear. <laughs> like, we see jets flying around. Are and there, jets. Are there bad guys in this movie? Because, <laughs> I mean, the bad guys <laughs> in the first one, there were MiGs, there were Russians I could follow. There were, there were two other things that made me very curious about. Top Gun Maverick, though. One. (laughs) Footage of Goose? No, footage of Goose. Volleyball. (laughs) (laughs) Question mark? One, there was a definite scene of playing with the boys. Uh Uh-huh. Volleyball kind of thing. Yeah. Huh. They're diving back into that. It's just going to be a remake. It is not the greatest part of of the film. The film. And and two. Um, Big to differ. (laughs) And two. And this is what I I think is most key of of, of it. The F-14 Tomcat, the Navy... Mm-hmm. Fighter plane, yeah, is has has a pilot and a Rio, and that banter is the whole reason Top Gun is any good at all between the pilot and co-pilot, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Modern fighter planes don't have two seats in them; they they're all computerized and and three D yeah, tracking. But that makes sense because up. he doesn't have a co-pilot anymore. Goose is dead, Scott. Yeah, but what? <laughs> what is he? Who is he talking to? <laughs> He's just sitting there. No, but they breathing heavy thoughts. Still talking to Goose. He's gone crazy. No, I just that I th- I honestly think that Anthony, whatever his name is, I have, I have another pitch. Okay. Will be in the film. Ninety he... minutes of montage <laughs> with synth in the background. It's just, and, just it al- and it alternates between the Top Gun theme, Danger Zone, and playing with the boys. Just right, like those three songs. And then it alternates between volleyball on the beach, <laughs> and then in planes, and then on a motorcycle racing to one like, or the other. Can't you just picture like whatever fifty-eight-year-old Tom Cruise walking to the beach, going, "Hey guys, let's play some volleyball." To like a group of eighteen-year-olds, <laughs> like takes his shirt off, um, plays in his jeans, and what? they're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> the one thing I will get away give... from us, Tom Cruise. Like, like Kelly McGillis is not in the movie uh, because she's a grandma, and that would not <laughs> fit with the structure of the movie anymore. But I honestly think that Goose is going to be like his ghost friend, <laughs> and he's still going to be talking to Goose. I don't know if that fits with the Scientology. Talk to me, Goose. Like. Why Goose? Is the, Tom friend? Cruise will not appear to be psychologically damaged in any film. It's mm, true. But wait, what? Vanilla Sky. Yeah. True. Explain that. Good rebuttal. Good yeah, rebuttal. Yeah, yeah. Well played. But so Sorry, the one Tom. thing that I will give the Maverick movie, I think, like a little bit of at least like a tip of the hat, was that the easiest Top Gun remake was to have Maverick as the Admiral and to have another dude in the Maverick role. But that would involve Tom not being the main character. Sure. Until he gets in the plane to save the day. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Admiral, you can't get in the plane. You're almost 60 years old. These things are... Really hard to fly. But I'm just saying, but that was the layup for Maverick, though. Like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, that would be the, like, he's a general who now needs to get back in the plane, and then there's another guy. Like, you know what I mean? But I'm just like, the like, no, he just never got past this one thing. It's kind of a fun choice. Like, he just, he just, remember the movie? He just stayed there. 
Like, he didn't have a good career or whatever. He just stayed a pilot. So, like, that's kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's conflicted me. Yep. Because it hits the nostalgia so hard without presenting me with any facts, plots, or characters. Did we all? I don't know how that happened. Speaking of nostalgia, did we all uh, watch Stranger Things? Are we all? I'm at episode six. Complete. You guys finished it? Both no, there? I haven't finished it. I finished it uh, this weekend. I mean, I, I, I think my criticism at episode one is still, I still have that same criticism where we're at now. That the whole thing is like drawing on the 80s action film rather than drawing on the 80s horror or the well, 80s. I think it's you know, just. I think it's pivoted to another horror genre, right? Like I feel that it, sure. it's it's a lot more John Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. it. Yeah. It's a lot more like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, body snatchers yeah. and like the, and Red Dawn. Those are the three movies that it pulls from. It's Red Dawn, The Thing, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like I feel that like it's stayed in the eighties. I like also with a with a good sprinkling of the Terminator in there. That yeah. guy. That guy. He's must... gonna be a robot. I, I, I'm. I'm... That guy has thinking. to be has to be a, an Arnold Schwarzenegger stunt double at some point in his career, right? Like, like we <laughs> he was like a weird mix of Schwarzenegger and, and Dolph Lundgren, right? Yeah. Like yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> but like he had to have done stunt work and stuff. Like he's he's in a leather jacket most of the time. He stands and fills I mean, up the, the reference door. is obvious. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah exactly. They're that's it. But I was like, but also with the the, the amount of like. 80s stunt casting that the show has done. I'm like, he has to have yeah. some kind of 80s pedigree in there. There was a Joyce versus Hopper argument that was so cringy, terrible dialogue delivery, every part of it. Yeah, Joyce and Hopper, the, the, the uncomfortable forced romance. I don't understand what the hell is going on with the two of them. Somebody's writing is off, or the direction for the two of them is off, or something's off. Mm-hmm. They're on coke or something. Yeah, I don't Come back to us, you two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Well, I don't. I, want... I'm not super keen on where I'm at so far in the series that they've been so. The characters have been written to be so hesitant to get the band back together. Yeah. Well, well, where are you? I, I mean, there so... there are things keeping them apart. There, there are <laughs> like, that are pretty things. significant. Yeah. So I think I just finished the hospital scene. The hospital. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. so, so part the, of the band has gotten back together. Part of them have, yeah. yeah. Like Jonathan and Nancy have joined the But I mean, the, the, the rest of the band is next. trapped in an underground Russian maze. And then the other, rest of the band is barely in the state. I just feel like Dustin would have gone home at some point in his investigations of the mall Russians. It all takes place in two days. Right? And they spend mm. like 24 hours trapped in the Russian basement. <laughs> like, Sure. I'm I just guess. saying, but like, but like, I think that that's it. It's like they make the one call that morning, and then he's stuck afterwards. Like, yeah. I think he, he like had a flame out yesterday. Was kind of being like bitchy and quiet for like a day, because <laughs> I think it starts in July second, and then the like the climax is happening July fourth. You know, so it was like, like it's not so crazy. Like Justin was, Dustin was like, fine. I'm gonna give you guys a silent treatment. Uh oh, I'm in the Russian base. <laughs> you know, so. Mm-hmm. I also I thought that part of it that bummed me out a little bit was that they didn't uh, like shuffle the deck a little bit more with the split ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was like, because like season two they stuck with pairings that worked in season two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Season two, like the Dustin Steve team up was like, what? Like, why are these two characters? And, and, and then they was amazing. Leaned on it very hard. Yeah, which is three. great, and we yeah. do like to see them. But then I would have appreciated like another split off, sure, or whatever. You know, because I was like, because the Dustin the Dustin Steve team up in season two came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. But then was like one of the greatest things the show. Oh, yeah, did. yeah. If you but peel, if you peel Mike off that group and throw him with Hopper, <laughs> yeah, right. Because yeah, they had that yeah, yeah, it, yeah. that 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 
uh, that like I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Stay away from my daughter. And then he's stuck with them as they're chasing around the 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 Russian guy and the Terminator yeah. chasing them. That would have been great. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And like, or you just you throw in uh, <clears throat> like I mean, all I also didn't like the two new characters got pinned onto Steve and Dustin. Like you know, which Robin. I thought Robin's great. Oh, I like that. I also like Erica. Like I'm like it's yeah. fine. Like they're they're fine characters. I like that Robin also, is, like both Robin and Erica have the like motivations that are not directly related to the main cast or like yeah. or like and like and skill sets that are not like yeah. like, like they bring something to the table in different ways like or whatever because like I, I thought that that was kind of like Max's. Like, honestly, even having watched the whole season, Max is like, I skateboard, question mark, now I'm Lucas's girlfriend. Like, I was like, she's not a very well-developed character. Like, yeah. And yeah, I, she's I, supposed to be very good at that video game that Dustin... Dig Dug, I want to yep. say. But yeah, I mean, which is fine. And I liked, I liked the fact that Elle got to hang out with Max and stuff. Like, there's, like, little bits yeah. of stuff like that where they yeah. need some character growth. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I thought it was fine. I didn't... I didn't uh, it didn't blow me away. I mean... I still feel like the whole thing is being written at 11, and it should be written back down at 7 or something. Yeah. Well, the energy I, level is just too high. Well, I think that that's ultimately also, uh, like, symptomatic of the fact that I think that they wanted to try to, like, keep the tension high, and that's why they put it on t- two days, and that's why they, right. like, you know what I mean? Like, like, they're like, it is, like, that was also, like, the fact that they did make it on two days was they sort of circumvented the, like, why haven't the characters told each other what they know? Because they can't, because they're separated. It all happened yeah. so fast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, there's, like, there's that one chance of, like, where the buyers are all eating breakfast together, but they don't have that much information yet. They only have suspicions, so why yeah. would they bring it up and, like, panic the family? Yeah. You know, but I was like, it's hilarious, because all three, all three of them are suspicious about different things, right? Like, Will has had, like, a back-of-the-neck thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jonathan has been like, oh, there's rats and stuff, and the mom is like, magnets, magnets. don't work. But you're like, you know that that family doesn't want to panic the rest of the family, so instead of, like, comparing notes, yeah. they're just like, have a good day, but then they never get <laughs> to see each other. Okay. You know, like, yeah. So, yeah, they kind of, like, fix that problem that you'd have in the previous seasons of, like, why aren't people telling each other? I'm, I'm definitely going to stick through to the end. Like, it's, it's yeah. we're having fun with it, but I, 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 I would say it's my least favorite of the, the three. I don't know. I, I think uh, I feel like it has two. Yeah, I think it's better than two. Yeah. I think it's much more focused than two. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. in two they peeled L off for so long that it was yeah. just like that's weird. Yeah, two, and her standalone episode was brutal. Yeah. Was the, easily the worst of the series so far. Yeah, yeah the weird back to our pilot. Yeah. The why uh, guys for the invisibles? Why? Yeah. <laughs> the backdoor pilot for, for the, the invisibles is basically basically that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, the Arrowverse on TV okay. has announced something for next season. I just want to hear something. What season is Arrow, the like show? Like 10, no? Seven. Seven. Uh, Seven seasons of Arrow. 22 episodes. Well, they've already... They've 22! Already, they've already announced that Arrow's going into its last season. Oh. Flash oh. looks like it's going to be winding down to its last season. He can't run no more. <laughs> Bring him out back. <laughs> okay. Shooting Fine. The but, like, I've kind of checked out on a lot of them. I haven't mm-hmm. watched any of the new Supergirl season. But you're going to watch the last season. Well, here's why. Because <laughs> every, every season, all four shows do a crossover episode. Mm-hmm. And the crossover episodes are always good. They're light. They're fun. They're popcorn-y. Sure. Yep. Next season, they're going to do Crisis on Infinite Earths. Cool where they're going to explore the actual multiverse and not like the weird shitty multiverse that they play with in the flash. Mm -hmm. And they have announced that Brandon Routh, who plays the Atom on legends of tomorrow will also play Superman from the 
Superman Returns movie, the Brian Singer vehicle from 2006. Mm-hmm. He's going to put the cape back on. Huh. The who? Tom, the cape. The Kevin Spacey Superman. The Kevin Spacey Superman, yeah. No, don't. Don't say him. Don't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Tom Welling is coming back to play Superman yeah. after this ten years of Smallville. Uh-huh. Uh, Linda and someone watched someone watched Into the Spider Verse and was like, "Yes, let's yes. do it, let's do it." <laughs> and, and also, like, yeah. they looked at man, that would be really cool. Hey, Brandon, do you remember that time you played Superman? Yeah, it was going to be a Hollywood store. Okay, star. listen, the next name out of your mouth better be Dean Cain. Dean Cain's already on Supergirl, but I don't care. Linda Carter. Linda Carter's good. That's okay. Lois and Clark, the like soap opera Superman from well, the nineties. Yeah, all of them yeah. have been on Supergirl. Every single member of that show. Like Weird. Terry Hatcher played a huge villain for a year. Huh. Dean Cain plays Supergirl's father, and the girl who played Supergirl in the nineteen eighty four Supergirl movie plays her mother. So I remember watching that show religiously. Like I seriously watched every episode of it until there was an episode where Superman had to get through like uh, Lois and Clark? Yeah. Yeah, he had to get through some kind of like a laser force field and he stood in front of it and he vibrated until his atoms flew apart and then he like floated through it like a cloud and then he stopped vibrating and his atoms came back together and he was okay. <laughs> and I was like, this is it. This is the point where it's too dumb for me and I'm walking away. Yeah. Well, Supergirl has been like very adamant of bringing everyone back. Right. To, okay, well, keep this out of the room. Go back to Arrow Season 7. What was the, the like, the punch I'm, I'm way behind that. Okay. But, to bring back all the actors who played all these characters in other versions to come back for a Crisis on the Infinite Earths right, 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 crossover right. thing. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm still Tom Welling and Linda Carter and Brandon Routh all coming back. Uh-huh. The, the Titans TV show that is on DC Universe and uh, Netflix now is going to be crossing over there. So you're going to have Grown Up Robin and huh. Starfire and stuff. Edgelord. Just like, How many episodes of it is there going to be? Of the crossover? Yeah. Four. It's going to be crossover right. the four. Right, right, right. One in each of the four shows. Hmm. Huh. So I don't think I'm going to go through another season and a half of Arrow to catch up just for the crossover, but Read the it's giving me something. Reviews. No, yeah. it's giving me something to, to look forward to in that four episode thing. Hmm. And like Tom Welling putting the cape on and Brandon Ralph putting the cape on and, you know, Linda Chris Carter putting... Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> but it looks like anyone they can get their hands on Still telling you, man. Dean we'll Kane. we'll come into it. Dean Kane. Dean he might. Kane. He's he's on Supergirl. Like he's yeah. He's like there. in the. He's on contract. I started. We're three episodes into the boys. Speaking of. Uh, oh man, what's that? So you bad. don't know the boys? Ooh, Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. coming off their run on Punisher, uh-huh. decided still to still high from preacher. Still high from preacher. <laughs> decided to make a comic book. And DC was like, yeah, we'll make this comic book for you. We'll put no. it out on our Wildstorm imprint. It's creator-owned. And then two issues in, they were just like, we cannot make this comic book for you. You cannot do this anymore. But then when, they made a bunch more. That was on the Dynamite. subject of the boys. So um, superheroes save the world. But there's a lot of collateral damage you don't see. Mm-hmm. And in the first issue of the boys, there's a guy walking through a fair holding his girlfriend's hand. There's kids playing with balloons. And then basically copies of the Flash and Professor Zoom run through the fairground. And the guy looks down. He's holding his girlfriend's arm completely severed, severed from her body because as the two speedsters were punching a, each other. She has exploded because someone ran through her at Mach 1. Yeah. <laughs> the guy is obviously... A sensitive laugh right there. Yeah. yeah. The guy is obviously 
disappointed with how the day has turned sure, out. That's a rough and one. then he sees the speedster being like given the key to the city for saving the day. Right. It's like, but I'm pretty sure he ran through my girlfriend. And then, then he's approached by a black ops yeah. member team yeah, butcher. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Who's like, so superheroes are awful, and I need people who are going to help me put them in their place. And then you find out that the Justice League the seven, yeah. pastiches are all horrible people who do horrible things. Well, they're all awful, right? Like, there's like the sex island later on in the series where it's like, like if you imagine, right? It, I find it takes like, it does crank everything up to like, cranks everything up to Preacher. To Ennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but does like, the style go all the way to Garth Ennis? Yes, yeah. it does. But if you were to take a think about like what like rock stars would be like mm-hmm. and then be like and then they're superheroes so then they're also like ultra powerful and godlike but Humanistic, then you fucking self-absorbed exactly that's yeah. it so like that's what it like leans like the, the comic book series like leans heavily heavily into is like what would happen yeah. if you were like all of a sudden captain america or whatever and you're like the comics have led us to believe that you'd be steve rogers more likely you'd be an asshole like who would still like Mick Jagger in have 1972? Have you guys seen um, Bright? Uh, Bright, uh, Brightburn. Brightburn? Not yeah. yet. No, no, because no. I've heard some good stuff about yeah. it. Yeah, I've heard some really good stuff. Well, yeah. that, that that's the what if Superman was just an evil, just an evil son of a bitch? Yeah. So yeah, what if, laser eyes. What if Clark Kent's bullying really treated kids, yeah. <laughs> affected kids like bullying affects kids? Yeah. yeah. So no, so the show the show does a bunch of things that I think are very very smart. It keeps the like the superheroes are super shitty and keeps like the gore level is. Like when, when the lady gets run through, it's like it happens in like super slow frame by frame, like exploding into bone and bits, and you see bits of, of her, bits of her spine floating through bits of blood, and it's like you're like, what am I even watching? As it goes down, so like it keeps that, which I think is like integral in a way to the comic, in a, yeah. in a strange part. Um, but it makes a bunch of creative choices that I really enjoy. Like it leans a lot more into the corporations that the superheroes work for, like the Voight Corporation, Mm. which I think is something that they was kind of glossed over a little bit in the comic. Like, yeah, they work for this company, but like this has even like, even the seven, like the justice league being like, yeah, they always talk about the 82nd floor and they're like, why do we even answer to them? And they're like, cause they cash the checks, you know? And they're like, we save people because they tell us to, and then we become millionaires, you know? Like, so like, which I think is kind of a fun and a little bit more 2019, approach to it yep. um they uh, they also they they take a different sort of twist on the boys like they don't have the the compound v right out the gate yeah they <clears throat> they twist the plot a lot yeah yeah well it's like they've already it was like so the setup is basically that the boys have already disbanded and mm-hmm. then due to like but butchers like still kind of carrying a torch for like putting superheroes in their place when they screw up and then he's kind of getting the band back together, and everybody's, like, reluctant. So it's, like, the Black Ops, like, sort of government, like, because they worked for the government in the comic. Mm-hmm. Like, they had a little bit of a carte blanche to do it. So they've already been, that organization has already been disbanded in the show. But, yeah, no, I, like, I, I enjoy it a hmm. lot. It's super, it's fun. It, it addresses a lot of the, like, I forget what I was reading a review or whatever, which was, like, the problematic edgelord uh, like slant of the comic of being like we're a bunch of badasses you just do badass things to superheroes because they're I'm, I'm a little amazed that yeah. nobody's tried to do a transmetropolitan show slash sure movie it's like it's you think about how uh, fucking prescient it is yeah, with yeah. the like Donald Trump 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like, like, that's that like the entire was, half of the well, story. goddamn half the show was was like literally Trump as, yeah. as a story. Tran- Transmed is creator owned, yeah. and huh. Warren Ellis is Won't not let stupid. it happen. He's, he's, he would if he got paid for it and it was done right and he had right. full creative control. Right. Right, but I'm saying he won't just that, yeah. he won't just give it away though. Right. But I mean, but there's I think a good fucking story there. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Is I mean, and Ellis sort of hates mega media. So. Yeah. Yeah. As may be evident by the fact that you've read Transmet. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine someone writing Transmetropolitan and then being like, Fox, Disney Studios, yeah, Amazon I'll sell you Netflix the rights. So you're yeah. only like, your only avenues. You're like, oh. uh, HBO, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paramount, I mean, Time Warner, AOL. I guess it just depends like, on the contracts, though. Like, I mean, like, I feel that you can do business with those people if you retain your creative license and stuff. Like, I think a lot of people... Has he not been burned? Is there, are there not stories no, of him getting involved? No, he's not Alan Moore. In, right, that's right. <laughs> but, but Warren Ellis is also probably more petrified of them than Alan Moore uh, is yeah, indifferent yeah. to them. Because they haven't done anything. I mean, like... Has Warren Ellis ever done anything that's been translated into... None of his runs of Batman or whatever so. have been kind of half adapted. Yeah. No, I don't think well, I, don't I think the closest he would have done would be that G.I. Joe script. Yeah, but that's what, exactly. So maybe you could do... Like, but he did that. And that was like, like playing with someone else's toys, not yeah. his own. Yeah. Hmm. I want to get the trade paperbacks for that again. I haven't read it in time. So, so long. It's so yeah. fun. It's so fun. Uh, I, I guess maybe the authority, he, he did that. And that's... Well, but wait, didn't he... Like, uh, he did Castlevania too, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. he's a writer, and he's a writer for hire. Like he he works for Marvel and DC, but he's creator own stuff. I don't think he's ever done. Yeah, I don't think nothing he's done has ever. Really I don't think been he lets adapted. his own toys. Huh. I gotta uh, say, I was really disappointed with the Castlevania on Netflix. I thought it was. I haven't really, finished the second really season. Trite. Yeah, I watched the first yeah. half of it and I liked it. Type of science versus religion. Ooh, you're, you're being fucking deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a nice take on Dracula, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been done. Has it? I want to talk about Fantasia movies. Okay. Just because I say I've watched a couple and I think we should put them on the list and I guess we'll wrap them up. I also want to talk about Scott's Hellboy yeah. situation. Uh, oh. So I went to a couple of Fantasia movies, okay. you guys. Rock and roll. As which, you do. As, which, which as I do. Uh, I saw um, the film Tone Deaf, okay. which is a horror comedy. It's also getting a wide release, so if you're like listening to this and you're interested in it, it's getting a release in late August, starring Amanda Crew and Robert Patrick. Uh-huh. Uh, what kind of movie is it? T-1000. Comedy horror. So it's basically like a uh, a w- city millennial, kind of like heads out to like a, an Airbnb with Robert Patrick kind of going a little crazy mm-hmm. and then uh, deciding that he wants to kill people. And then, but like, which sounds like a pretty simple premise. Sure. But where it sort of... Where it sort of succeeds is that like it plays for laughs and gets weird enough that it like it held my attention. Like there's like enough like weird sidebars. Like Robert Patrick doesn't have a great plan. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like I'm just gonna invite this person over and, and kill her. And then like his like other person that he lives with is like What are you doing? And then he's like I need to tie you to a bed. And then, like at one point like he like he literally at one point this is even in the trailer like he stabs her and he's like I did not think this through. And she's like <gasps> and like has like blood is spilling her mouth. Like he does not. He's just sort of like... He's re- terrible. He's terrible and he's just sort of like reacting huh. to a situation. He's not like a criminal mastermind. And then also the uh, the Amanda Crew character is just so like oblivious and in her own head about stuff. As the, It's basically like the right-wing, uh, I guess, 
fundamentalist, I suppose. Like he has all these weird asides where like the movie will stop and he will look into the camera and he'll like <laughs> yell about yell at you about being lazy and not wanting to work with your hands. And <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And you're like, what is happening in this whole film? It's and like it's like old people stuck on t- on Facebook. Kind <laughs> of, yeah, exactly. That's it. And then like Amanda Crew just kind of like being into her own shit and not really recognizing anything that's going on around. Does it all work? Like, this sounds like it could be difficult to fully pull yeah, off. I know? would say that it uh, it succeeds at the premise with I would say maybe a passing grade. Okay, like which is like it it kept my attention mm-hmm. and it uh, was entertaining and had enough going on with it. Like, there was an entire s- sidebar mm-hmm. of the film where it appeared that someone else wanted to kill Amanda Crew. <laughs> and then, like, it's just like Robert Patrick just sort of, like, dips his toe into someone else's murder plot. <laughs> and then that, it, like, takes a couple minutes to resolve itself, and then it gets back to the main plot. And I was like, what a weird huh. thing that I'm watching right now. Would you recommend? I would. Uh, if you're into, like, dark kind of horror horror comedies i would uh i would do it i also mm-hmm. wanted to kind of put some meditation movies on the list that was my my other thing right um, cool. let's take a look at yeah, the list yeah yeah, yeah. So. yeah yeah where does uh, this go it goes low it, where's passable horror let's see passable horror pa- the bad batch it's in. It's Bad Batch is a very good uh, touch point for it. It's in Bad Batch territory where you're ba- like Bad Batch really did fail to come together. Yeah, it, it had a lot of pieces that were good but did not succeed. And this is is this similar? So a couple up from the Bad Batch is yeah. the Descent. It's below the Descent. It's okay. definitely below Creep. Um, it might be below the Bad Batch because I think that it's less ambitious than the Bad sure. Batch. Sure, it was extremely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this yeah. is a very like it's a good word. It's a, it's a very point A to point B kind of film, but then gets interesting in how it goes there. But that's that's okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. All right. It, so further down, if we're gonna drop a little bit, we got like I'm looking between Chappie, Chappie and Solo. I mean, both man. disappointments for very different reasons. Yeah. I would say above Solo. All right. So below. Below Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Because then I'm seeing like movies that kind of start to be a little almost failures. Right? And I wouldn't consider this a failure. I consider this to be good. Marginal success. Yep. Right. So well, below Ant-Man and the Wasp and above Chappie? Yep. Oh, no, no, no. Above um, Solo. Above Star Solo. Story. Below Ant-Man. You got uh, it. And the other movie I saw okay. was a film called Bliss. 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 Uh, by directed by Joe Bigos, uh-huh. also starring our good friend and my good friend. I mean, an actor that we kind of enjoy, um, James Gardner, who played the tall guy with the beard in The Battery. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. right on. Yeah. So this movie uh, succeeds in things and fails in other things. Okay. So basically, it basi- it, the the premise of it is that there's like an artist who's like a working artist. Who is like she is a, a painter who is kind of like getting like the ten thousand dollars a painting kind of mm-hmm. treatment or whatever. You see, like she's not wealthy, but she is supporting herself with paintings. Her work is at a gallery, da 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 da. But she's on like a a what's the word I'm looking for? Like she's at a creative block and hasn't touched the paints in a while. Mm-hmm. So she decides to turn to doing drugs, which is apparently the the drug of choice on the street right now is a mix of cocaine and DMT. Sure, and mm-hmm. then um. At some point along the way, she also uh, gets turned into a vampire. Okay. <laughs> so, if you're high on coke and you get turned into a vampire, 
Do you spend the rest of your eternal life high on coke? According to White Wolf, yes. I want to go to there. But oh. well, no. But according to or no, or it's you. You're you start addicted to it, right? Like or something. Yeah, you have a permanent addiction, or you start every night high, and then when you spend that blood point, it goes away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You start. So if you don't spend that blood you're point, high. You, you're high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just feed once and go back to bed. Yep. Wake up high the next night. Yep. Pretty sure. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. You need to spend the. It's blood like point it's too. the same as with alcohol, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's it. You just wake up drunk every time. White wolf segue. Yep. You know, I literally, literally <laughs> like though, had those thoughts. I was like, I had those thoughts <laughs> while I was watching this film. I was like, what was the system? And I was like, and that's what I recall was that like. Um, now that we've had this conversation, though, we can hashtag all of the uh, White Wolf Eternal Justin Struggle Achille. stuff. <laughs> Justin Achille, please comment on my podcast. On my live journal. Uh, but yeah, so but what the movie does, but at the same time, every time... So it's unclear. What, one of the things I, like, I really, really enjoy about this movie is that as she's going through the throes of the embrace or whatever, like it's, like it's, it's a slow transformation mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, she's also doing a lot of drugs. But then each morning, like post-blackout, her painting has progressed. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, I just got to keep doing it kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. So she keeps like, like leaning into the creative process. And it was like, there's even a cut of this film where she's not a vampire she's not a vampire yeah like there's definitely hmm. a film a cut of this film where she's not a vampire she's just doing a bunch Going of crazy, crazy drugs and, and getting violent right. and there's like a bunch there's even a cut of this film where she's not an artist yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah as i'm saying like it, it could it could go all over the way all, all over the place huh. and that's what it never it never stops being a probably a, or i mean what ultimately is a vampire movie but it never never stops being a drug movie either like it's kind of like it it never stops being like oh yeah it's vampirism now we're not going to do the drugs you're like no 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 we're going to just keep like pedal to the metal on both things that's what you're saying is it never stops being a fantasia movie correct was it successful and subsequently also i need to give an enormous shout out to the practical effects it's like literally some of the best practical gore effects i've seen like she like like bites in and like rips a guy's arm off and it's like Ex- practical effects, no CG, like exposed bone with just blood everywhere, and then she just jams her. Like all of her, she has again to quote White Wolf, she has the conspicuous consumption flaw. Uh-huh. Like, like she at one point like bites a guy's fingers off and just like sucks from the fingers, and you see the guy's arm draining visibly as she sucks at his like gaping finger wounds, and you're like, that's Whoa. Rough. yeah, Is it weird that I kind of really want to see this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. The were Cap- there names in this? Again? Uh, Jeremy Gardner. Jeremy also, Gardner. the guy who played Norm from Cheers. Huh. George Norm. Went. Yeah. George Went. He dies violently. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like Glad um, to see he's still working. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, hey, Norm, Norm from Cheers. <laughs> and then everybody bought him a beer. Right. Uh, he was not at the screening. Uh, where the movie fails. Is Aww, when any do character needs to have believable dialogue with another character, Uh-oh. which is just and it's so it's so um, like stark that it feels like a choice. Huh. Like the the lead character, the the actress who plays Desi, who is the the girl kind of undergoing the transformation. Like when it comes to like being violent, being strung out on drugs, being like confused and whatever, like. Good at acting. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Gardner, we know, is also good at dialogue. Like, Battery is only dialogue. Yep. And so these two characters, like, one of whom I've seen deliver good and super compelling and interesting dialogue, the other who at least I can surmise 
is good at like extreme acting or whatever. If they need to speak to each other, it's mm-hmm. super robotic, super stiff. It kind of the film takes place in like the '90s. Everybody has like flip phones and stuff. Like I feel like it was an aesthetic choice to be uh, like. But is it is it like a Yanos whatever his face is uh, killing of a sacred deer kind of? The characters all speak robotically. I would say that the characters all speak like the only um, important thing they've ever seen in their life is the film The Lost Boys. Like, so... <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> like, like you know, yeah. like all the like, I'm so cool and screw this. Yeah. And you get, forget you. Forget you. Like, like so that's like... It's act- like a Lost Boys reference almost. Like, that's what I say. Like, it, it, it's so... Yeah. It's a genre convention that no one else really knew existed. No, though nobody wanted. Exactly, but that's and but that's the part is that nobody wanted and yeah. like it suffers for it. Like I was like it's so evident that it is like that everybody talks in this super cool 90s 80s. cool in the 80s like 80s 90s vampire yeah. way. But I'm like but I, that it feels like a choice, but it plays like a bunch of people who don't know how to act. When I'm looking at the screen and I'm seeing people who know how to act yeah. doing it. Like, it's very weird. Still absolutely worth seeing because it's made up for with, like, super fun vampire scenes. Crazy gore. Super crazy gore. The practical effects are, like, amazing. So where do I rank this? I don't know. All right. Well, let's start with the last movie you put on the list. Pretty surprising. We haven't put the battery on the list, eh? We haven't rewatched it in a very long time. I did. I watched it. I watched it with Debbie. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. How? Yeah. Did it held, held up? It totally held up. Yeah. I, I remember it being like the, one of the those. The final like, scene is still as riveting as the first time that I saw it. Yeah. 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 All right. Is it higher or lower than the, uh, the last movie you put on? I would say it would, it'd be a l- higher than tone deaf. Like for when it like the sound design was really really good. The mm-hmm. visuals were really really good. Like the acting was bad, but there's enough of the movie is not about acting. <laughs> Right, like well, and and again and and and, I'm, and that like that knock on the acting is really just on the dialogue. Like when she's going nuts and going through, like I said, like drug withdrawal or like vampiric attacks and whatever, that's believable. Like, so it's the cinematography is also really good. The sound design is really good. Um, well, sitting at like number sixty, we've got Baby Driver. It's like below. It's way below Baby Driver. Uh, um, sitting at number sixty-six, it's TMNT, the animated. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Going down, 69, Lego Batman. It's kind of in this zone. I would put it... I would put it personally between... Creep and the Disaster Artist. That seems right to me. Mm -hmm. Because it's a little less... uh, Like, as much as The Descent may have, like, aged poorly... Sure did. I think it was a little more ambitious. This is about a vampire... This is a vampire drug movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a plus though yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that sounds good it is it, it, like it's and that like and i'm not diminishing with this um yeah. with this review it's just that the the weird stilted acting and delivery of dialogue is just right on yeah. talking about the descent and stilted acting delivery of dialogue yeah uh-huh. did you watch the descent FIFA movie? too Oh, did you watch the FIFA movie? No, I still haven't had a chance ah, to watch it yet. I'm it sorry. It's been all summer long. We've been Let's waiting. Let's get back to the good segue I just built up. Neil Marshall, who directed The Descent, also made a movie last year. Uh-huh. Called Hellboy. This year. Called Hellboy. The original Hellboy sits at rank 120-something. Yeah, because it's a bad movie, the original uh-huh. Hellboy. Yeah. How does the new one improve this, upon its ranking? This movie stars David Harbour in the titular role. Who is uh, Hopper, Hopper from Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. Along with Mila Jovovich, Ian McShane as Professor Broom. We love Ian McShane. Yeah, Jovovich has her moments too. We're almost Daniel Day Kim and Thomas Hayden Church plays Lobster Johnson, my favorite character in the uh-huh. Hellboyverse. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. This movie is so goddamn bad. Oh. No. That's such is... a good list of names. Yep. It's unfortunate. What they, happened? They shuffled the uh, actor's deck, came up with the same goddamn movie as Hellboy. No. Just lots of bad CG effects, yeah. a plot that doesn't really go anywhere. Mila Jovovich plays an evil witch that can't get it straight in her head whether she's like demonic evil or like kind of hysterically right and funny uh-huh. and evil. Hmm. It looks bad. It sounds bad. The music is way off tone. It plays weird pop rock. Music how, how, how is Mr. Harbour's performance as the, the boy, boy. The, the sir boy? Well, you know how Hopper's kind of grumpy and yeah. mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's what he does, which is not too far from what Ron Perlman did with the role. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I mean, which is also not too far from how the role is written, though. To be fair, yes, yeah. but there's no. There's nothing there. It's just so flat. Hmm. Everything about the movie, from the effects to the music choice to... This is Mike Mignola, right? Mike Mignola is the artist, writer, creator. The thing is that there's like an artistic style to Mignola that is negative space. Everything is dark. There's just little slivers of light, of color in the blackness. And then like you see these CG... Like gl- glitzathons, and yep. it's like the exact opposite. It's everything that Hellboy is not is what that that is. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, it's just artistically like, anyway from the Mignola yeah, yeah, yeah. side. You know, like they're sure there's 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 like, and this, this is this, why we'll never get to see Transmetropolitan. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a really long battle that happens with Rocky like a hurricane playing, and I'm like, uh, this is a movie about the 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 demon from hell fighting. The forces yeah, see, of evil I was gonna in a say, world that doesn't know and doesn't care. And, yeah. yeah, I was going to say The Boys has amazing soundtrack because it is full of like The Clash and like Rock You Like a Hurricane or whatever, and that makes sense. Yeah, for yeah. The Boys. <laughs> like, well, well, but like really, not necessarily for the clash of no, ancient yeah, evils upon each other. Yeah, you know? It should be gothic. <laughs> like, there's so many scenes where I'm like, this movie would be better if they played not this song and Carmina Burana again. They could play Carmina Brana ten times throughout this movie, and we get a full like star. The thing that's a little rough, right? Is it was Guillermo del Toro who did the first, the first two, right? Yeah. And he he missed it, I think. I think. Oh he, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Without a doubt, he missed it. Yeah, he's making a Pan's Labyrinth live action musical, like for the stage. Really? Yes. The the thing that this movie does was watching Guillermo del Toro they're like man Hellboy does not punch enough things in those movies we gave him two fights a movie and that's not enough there are like five or six extended action sequences in this movie with no stakes like but, and again, zero stakes and again also, also still still kind of yeah. missing missing the page on the on the Hellboy comic right like there's not a lot of fights in the Hellboy comic it's like usually like one per six issues really yeah. It's a lot of them walking around figuring stuff out and then, then an ancient evil thing. And being sad about stuff. Yeah. And then and Hellboy then... making little quips. And the the like the, the artistic visual negative space is also present in the storytelling. It's yeah. long and slow and there's like long bits where nothing happens. Mm-hmm. I've decided great. now Hellboy is just a property that can only exist in comics. Like mm-hmm. you can't you can't do it. You can't make no, it work. No, no, no. You could have like a Nicholas Winding ref and do Hellboy. Ryan Johnson does Hellboy. Yeah. I mean, no. Um, Jim Jarmusch does Hellboy. Oh. I feel that... Uh, Coffee and cigarettes black and Black and white and just conversation. Do you know who genuinely, I think, could do Hellboy would be Christopher Nolan. 
I think that he would be yeah. able to like hold the hand for so long with the long like I'm watching an hour and forty five of like this boring thing, and then have like the fifteen minutes of what is happening at the end, well, and then be like, the, here's <laughs> the thing with Hellboy. Like, think, I think I think ninety percent of Hellboy doesn't need big sets or big effects. Yeah, but know? that's what I'm saying. And, I'm and like, I don't for, think Christopher Nolan can hold off. I don't think, 90% I think of the he movie. doesn't have enough restraint to do Hellboy. He's going to be another person who's going to try and make it big, 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 and it needs to be the opposite of that. Hmm. Somebody, who's going to do like a small, I would have said Jarmish, like coffee and cigarettes, yeah. Hellboy style, except at the end he oh. fights an Eldritch Horror. Get Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Exactly. Does he have enough restraint? Did you see uh, but like, but if, like, that the first... Tree of Life thing that he did? Yeah, but that's it. But yeah. I'm saying but the beginning part, pie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, like basically, if you're like, in, instead of the like um, technocracy kind of guys who track him down, it's in fact elder yeah. evil cultist kind of people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. That's yeah. It. And you're just sort of like it's just like a regular, right? Reg- like even like the first twenty minutes is just a regular Joe who then gets killed by an elder evil, and then you see Hellboy. But that's like twenty minutes into the film. Yeah. It'd be so good. I'd be like into it. Yeah, yeah. It's just a letdown. And there's no Abe Sapien. There's no Liz Sherman. Huh. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's like okay, but also a strange choice. But also whatever they that could like have been desperate good. to to plan for a sequel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, that's unfortunate. Rank it better yeah, or worse than the up. original Hellboy. I mean, I guess that's the start. Sounds point. like worse. Like in a sense, <sighs> in a sense, worse because it's less creative. Right, and and it had the other Hellboys that came before it for it to figure its shit out and not fuck it up like this. And it yeah. chose not to. Right, it chose to go back and rehash the one that you should not have rehashed. God, poor David Harbour. I would have. I kind of. You know, I liked him, and now he's 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 a rough go in uh, season three. Yeah, I feel. Well, I mean, as Scott considers his ranking. Yeah. One of the things I felt about with Hopper, where he was like, "Why did Hopper become a jerk?" I was like, I think that we have very little experience in the show with not Crisis Hopper. He seems yeah. like a guy who's very good in a crisis, but total fucking it's disaster. Just, it's just otherwise. A jerk. Like yeah. otherwise, exactly. That's it. The thing is he's he's written and played so cartoonishly in those scenes where he's having arguments with Joyce or where he's he's like smacking Eleven down. Yeah. It's like I it's I find it unbelievable and it takes me out of enjoying the show. I'm just mm-hmm. like get out, get to the next scene that you're going to make these do some punch fighting. Yeah. So how far below how we doing, OG buddy? Hellboy? Yeah. Uh oh, man. Exactly below OG Hellboy because I would really? rather watch this one again than Suicide Squad. Oh my god, that's amazing! Hellboy, Suicide Squad, I love it. That, that puts it in at one twenty-six on the list. All right, yeah. James Gunn, you need to do better than uh, this guy. Suicide, Squad. Suicide Squad too. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's it. To, to avoid I mean, avoid he... that situation of just Hellboy, Hellboy, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what if it's slightly better than the first Hellboy? Oh, so it'd be Suicide Squad, Hellboy, Hellboy, Suicide Squad? Yeah, like a yeah, little that's... Suicide Squad, Hellboy sandwich. Gun, you can do better. He I absolutely believe in you. Can. Fucking, I'm you sure made it's... Super. It's so easy. Like, I've just suicide... made Super 2. With the Suicide Squad. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I'm like, Suicide Squad is such an easy movie to do, right? Like, it's not complicated. I don't know that it is. I think it's one of those movies that's going to have so many executives trying to make demands about what's going to happen with the characters and, you know, tie-ins and, and all but, that and kind of and shit. And, but, and obviously that's not the way to go. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I was, I was like... Yeah. That's why Guardians worked. Because Guardians, they were, were like... We're going to give you five characters because we, we don't, don't give a shit about, about them. Do whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Throw it at the wall and see what yeah. happens. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if the new Suicide Squad, I mean, I know it does have Harley, 
But I'm like, if you just remove Harley from the equation, mm-hmm. there's no character that anyone cares about or knows. Are they not bringing back... Uh, Deadshot? Yeah. No. Will uh, Smith? No, he's not coming back. He's yet. not coming back. No. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So I'm like, yeah, you just get to have this cast and just yeah. do whatever and be like, who cares? Are they bringing back um, Joker, who is... Um, Jared Leto? Jared Leto. I don't know. I actually I so. am okay to see whatever what they do with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would shitty, like to see James Gunn use that as yeah, like a yeah. fuck you. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, if you get, I, and I didn't hate that Joker. Yeah, like, honestly, but a lot I, of people hated. A that A lot Joker. of people hated that Joker, but I feel that that was unfair. Yeah, like yeah. he I, also he didn't get a chance to prove himself. Right. Yeah, it was he had not a enough, very minor role. It was not enough yeah. screen time to like say good Joker, bad Joker, and too much screen time for him to be automatically excused from not getting a chance. Yeah, he had something weird happened But I didn't exactly. I didn't hate him, but he the character did nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. But I was like, eh, we'll see. But it wasn't just like a cameo or a flashback where he could have just been like this one thing. Yeah. We are going long today. Yeah, man. It's summertime. Everyone's taking a longer lunch. Yep. Exactly. That's it. Uh, Scott, yeah. are you going to watch the FIFA thing? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. I've I've also been running around with summertime stuff, so yeah, I haven't yeah. had a chance to sit down and. Have the TV without my wife around. Read a type of comics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all of these things are supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. I also uh, had my MRI last oh, yeah. weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, then immediately destroyed my knee further. Really, oh. playing softball. Did you go in for another MRI to be like, doctors? I, you need enough. I fucked it up. Yeah, that is not a thing. No, that's and, brutal, uh, dude. It's it is now gone from kind of sucky to constantly hurting, oh. which is. Bad. So you book another MRI? No, now I book a consultation with the surgeon, and he's going to cut me open and fix it, hopefully. Nice. Oh, Scott. Or take my leg off. Which Get a peg. Get a peg, peg leg. Peg, it's going to be peg, amazing. Peg, peg, peg. Get or, alternatively, take both legs, get those springy things, set world records. Or you could be like a G.I. Joe, not a G.I. Joe, like a He-Man character. You could get like a triangular treadmill type of attachment. Like, get a weird... Uh, you could be like Triangle Legman. Planet Terror machine gun thing and uh-huh. be like right to bare arms, legs. That's Pretty good. Nice, nice, nice one. Nice. I just joined the Reavers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Either that or like a Borg leg. Uh-huh. A Borg leg? Like you will be assimilated. Just like uh-huh. wear like a black spray paint. Can you get a tentacle? You couldn't put weight on it. As <laughs> <laughs> the night. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcast, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.